Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are back with our number two on a Friday. Kenny, um, I have not seen any requests for taps yet this week. Have we, do we have any? And usually we end up getting them on Friday. Yeah. Actually, we got an email here, but I, I'm not sure how to take this. Listen, if you want, <laughs> if you want us to mention somebody for taps, call 218-722-0839. I will talk to you. I will get the name. I'll get some uh, information, and we'll mention Correct. that person. And when I get emails, there's just... <sighs> Sometimes there's there's nothing there that I can really definitively say who it is, where it is, what it is, all the above. Right. And, and I don't have time yeah, to... Yeah, we need a little, we need a know, little background on them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't want to sound like a fuddy-duddy here, but just simply call. Just call me and talk to me, and we'll get that information. And, you know, if your only Correct. method is to email, we'll do our best to deal with it. You know, uh, Kenny, this is probably not a good time um, to be in the National Guard and being deployed over to the Middle East, but uh, we're having that happen right here in Minnesota. We got 500 uh, Minnesota National—actually, 550 Minnesota National Guard soldiers uh, that are going to be deployed around to Kuwait, but they're members of the uh, of the Minnesota's Red Bull Division— the uh, Minnesota National Guard's 34th Infantry Division Red Bull. Um, you know, they talked about some of these individuals. And, you know, used to be, like during my war, the Vietnam War, we didn't, we, we didn't send National Guard members overseas to fight. We sent, you know, our regular Army, Marines, whatever. Uh, we didn't send the National Guard. But ever since then, there has been a kind of a movement to keep guard units activated and ready to deploy. And they they talked in this story out of the Minneapolis paper this morning about this one guy, Sergeant Major Chris Shulk, Shulkbar. He has, uh, he's, let's say, he's been with the Minnesota National Guard four decades. In other words, 40 years, or going on 40 years, uh, has deployed overseas three times. Each came at a different phase in uh, the Rosemont man's life to a different global hotspot. First, he he was deployed to Bosnia in 2003 when his children were very young. Then he went to Iraq in 2009, the most difficult deployment because Iraq was essentially dangerous and his three daughters were teenagers. And then uh, he was also deployed to Kuwait in 2018. Now on Thursday morning, yesterday morning, the same guy, now a 57-year-old grandfather, strode into the Grace Church Auditorium in Eden Prairie to report for overseas duty one more time, his last before retirement. He joined 550 fellow soldiers in the 34th Infantry Division uh, who were seated near the stage in military fatigues awaiting their official ceremony to to head to Kuwait. It is one of the largest deployments the Minnesota National Guard has seen in the past five years. And, of course, you know, the situation right now that's going on overseas is not a good one. It's, it, it's 
you know, it's a dangerous area, um, whether you're in Kuwait or whether you're in any one of those other areas around there. Ever since the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack on Israel sparked a brutal Israeli reprisal in Gaza with fears the war may spread throughout the region. And then, of course, we know, as I mentioned this morning, we've had 166 attacks on a military American military installations in those regions, including the killing of three American Guard Reserve Unit members uh, just this week. So it's it's a very difficult time, and I hope all Minnesotans will keep these 550 uh, Minnesotans in their in their prayers and uh, in in their thoughts as we go. By the way, one one quick thing uh, I, w- I want to go back to uh, to this attack by these uh, illegals in New York. Let's not forget or lose sight of the fact that Daniel Penny, a uh, a former Marine, a, a Marine period, there's no such thing as a former, but he was the guy uh, that uh, when this goofball came onto the... Uh, Trains, train uh, station in New York or came onto the train that Daniel Penny was riding in, he was swearing at people, uh, t- threatening to stab people, accusing that he was going to attack uh, people. Um, he uh, ended up grabbing the guy, putting him in a chokehold, along with two other people that were holding him on the ground until the authorities uh, could show up and, and get him out of there. Well, he held him in that chokehold long enough, and the guy fought and stri- struggled against him, uh, that he ended up dying from suffocation. Um, but now Penny has been charged with murder. These four guys, that well, seven guys actually, that attacked police officers, illegal immigrants, they've broken our laws already by coming here illegally. Now they they attack a police officer, which is a federal offense, and they allow them out on their own recognizance. Two of them since have been arrested that were on a bus leaving New York heading for California. So they had no intention of staying and facing the music in the court system. Anyway, we've got some callers on the line. Let's, I think, first up, we have uh, Tom from over in Port Wing. Tom, how are you this Friday morning? Well, I'm I'm doing uh, quite well, uh, despite the fact that, you know, our judicial system is demonstrating abject weakness, you know, in yes. doing what they did. You know, it, it's bad enough law enforcement has to take the kicks and punches, uh, and then to have the court system uh, just send them on their way. Absolutely yeah. horrific. No authority. Shame on the court. Now, uh, you were talking earlier about executive orders by the president. Yes. Okay. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up anymore. To, To demonstrate the stupidity of his executive orders, the one of the Israelis that was on that list of people that, uh, cannot come to the United States, or if they do, they're going to get arrested. Right. He's an Israeli farmer. Now, I listened to an interview with him, and it was quite interesting. He said that he, he employs 15 Palestinians 
on his farm. He said he has never been to the United States. He has no intention of ever coming to the United States. And he's got an executive order with his name on it. So, Brad, that is just a demonstration of sheer showmanship on the part of the president of the United States. Exactly. Because he, w- yeah, he was it, it playing was, to his Muslim and, and Arab uh, uh, audience in Michigan. That's what he was doing. Yeah, and it's it's all politics, you know, with the uh, this person. Now I'm I'm predicting that you know there will be this pivot. Uh, the pivot will be towards Israel, and Netanyahu will be the next one to be subjected to this kind of presidential chicanery, and Bibi will be the subject because he is now going to try and placate all those from the river to the sea people and uh, appeal to the Arab that are in this country, that he's on their side. And he can afford to kick uh, Bibi Netanyahu in the back of the pants because what what is he going to do, you know? And this is going to demonstrate, you know, how tough he is. But here's my biggest fear, Brad, when it comes to this president retaliating against Iran, is it going to be a case of uh, the CIA is going to run in there and stuff a whoopee cushion under the Ayatollah seat to embarrass <laughs> him off the world stage? I mean, I'm very fearful that they're already talking about, well, we're not going to, we're not going to really do anything against Iran. Well, it's hard to say what they're going to do, but we're going to kind of focus in on those, uh, their, their operatives, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, it better not be that, because if that's the case, then don't even do anything. Go for 161 uh, punches, and uh, you would try and ignore it, because that's going to look silly, and it's not going to demonstrate anything to the Iranian leadership that you mean business. So that's my take yeah. on it. Well, you're absolutely right, too, Tom, because, you know, we know where these terrorist organizations' bases are. We we have flown missions over those areas. We have drone areas over there that we know exactly where they're at. We could strike any of these terrorist organizations. Uh, Hamas has shown in the Gaza that they're afraid of being struck above ground, so they have spent millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of building the most elaborate systems underground. And, uh, I mean, every time that Israel has made a statement, for example, when they made the statement that uh, that Hamas was using some of the hospitals to shelter their people in, Oh, they said, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Israel's just trying to make a name for themselves. Well, then when they got into these hospitals, they found, in fact, that's exactly what was going on. And in one hospital in the northern area, just recently, they showed the video where some Israeli troops dressed up like women, pregnant women, rolling babies in strollers came into the hospital and they confronted armed Hamas individuals in the hospitals and ended up with a shootout, taking a couple of them down. 
So these people are capable of anything, anything to to uh, do the destruction that they want. And then we know that they pay uh, they pay rewards for spilling Israeli blood. The families of individuals. What was the one that attacked uh, in the Gaza or into uh, Israel out of Gaza? Came in at Hamas. He uh, videotaped himself killing a couple of Israelis and telling his dad, Dad, I hope you're proud of me. I've killed a couple of Israelis. I hope you'll remember me if I don't make it back. In other words, I've become a martyr. And my family will now be reimbursed and paid because I killed myself some Israelis. I mean, it's... This world is getting to be a extremely strange place, a very strange place. And then you've got guys like this guy in New York, this Joden Boda. He's uh, he's one of the ones that attacked uh, the two New York City police officers. And as he walks out of court in New York, he just gives both middle fingers to the cameras and the news people as if to say, up your you-know-what. Get out of my way. And But he's wearing a Lakers jersey with number 24 on it, which I'm sure some of our uh, kind uh, b- uh, organizations gave him as clothing when he came to our country illegally. Anyway, let's move along. Thank you, Tom. Good stuff. Let's move along to Jeff from over in Superior, and then we'll get into our first break here. Jeff, how you doing this well, afternoon? Thank you, Brad. Yeah, good day to you. And uh, I, you. I, you know, I echo I echo what you have been discussing, and I that's why I enjoy listening to you. Um, I honestly, the only thing I'm going to say, and I want to say this uh, from a point of view of calm and peace, I feel good about myself, you know. And so what I do is I pray. You know, I'm Catholic, so I pray for peace in the world and stuff. But I think the Republicans, this is a winnable issue this election cycle. We, we, and I say we because I'm a member of the Douglas County uh, GOP, uh, we can rally about immigration and being tough on immigration and cleaning up this mess. I think you're right. Yeah. That can bring Republicans together. And I'm I'm supporting Trump, but I honestly think this is something that can bring us together because it's pro-American, it's defending our country, and that's what Joe Biden is not doing. And the Democrats aren't doing it. And this is a winnable issue. So I'm planning you're, a campaign for candidates, and I'm going yeah, uh, to keep talking about it. All right. Good. I am as well. And I'll tell you what I have said for a long time. I do believe, just as you do, Jeff, that this is a winnable issue for the Republican Party if they stay true to the fact that they've we've got to close these borders down. If we don't close the border down, if we don't control, and you know, that's the thing. When I say close the border down, you have this vision that I'm going to put a barricade across the entire Mexican border. No, we're still going to have ports of entry where if you legally want to come into the country, it will work, where you have a green card, whatever else, you'll be able to come across those legal ports of entry. But not just wade across the Rio Grande River and run in wherever you want and do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, Brad. And you know what? I have a solution, but I'll share it with you and your listeners after the break. Good. I love solutions. Kind of like solutions insurance. No, we'll be right back after this break. 
KDAL time is 12:29:27 at the National Weather Service in Duluth. Let's go to Canal Park. Let's go to the Army Corps of Engineers. 29 degrees right now at the Army Corps of Engineers. Light wind out of the east. And yesterday, Brad, primarily our winds were out of the east all day yesterday. They were uh, 20 mile an hour sustained, 27 mile an hour gusts yesterday, but winds out of the east yesterday. And our official high yesterday in Duluth was, in fact, 40 degrees. Now, how come it how come it dropped so much today then? Uh, because, because of the cloud cover, maybe. Uh, well, I think Mother Nature said, "Hey, remember back in 1996 <laughs> when Tower, Minnesota, got to minus 60 on February 2nd? Yeah, how about oh, Duluth? Man. Duluth minus 39." That was the low, the record low for February 2nd, minus 39 in Duluth. Oh, the second coldest temperature and record in Duluth, by the way. And, Brad, the high that day was minus 21. Oh. That means the average daily temperature was minus 30. Uh, you saw a lot of cold, frozen skin that, that day, I'll bet you, huh? You know, if anybody even dared go outside. I, I worked downtown in what was then Norwest Bank building. I was uh, worked oh, on the sure. fifth floor. And I, sure. thought, and I lived on, well, where was it, Third Avenue East and Second Street. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to walk to work. I'm just going to endure these conditions. And I thought, I'm going to walk down to St. Louis Bank. I had my cheap old... Uh, Instamatic camera with me, and I thought I'll take a picture of the bank temperature, see how cold it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, as I'm approaching, go. I can see it's flashing f- minus forty. I thought, holy cow! I got to get <laughs> minus forty, and I'm thinking, geez, I hope it doesn't uh, warm up to minus thirty-nine. That's not as uh, um, you know dramatic. <laughs> so I'm scurrying no. along, and I'm scurrying along. I got my camera, and it flashes to minus forty, and click. I snapped the photo. And you got it. I got it. Still got it today. Hoo-hoo. So right now, um, the air temperature is, we're getting an update from the National Weather Service, because that's where all the records and all the data. So you're saying 20, today we're about 60 degrees higher than we were then. Uh, yeah, 60, <laughs> 65 degrees right now. 65 <laughs> degrees warmer than we were on this day uh, back in 1996. Um, so I've got a solution to the border, Brad. I was thinking about. I was going to say I've been enough yeah. with the enough with the weather. I'm waiting for this solution. Yeah, let's have it. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, you know, really, let's make this a contest. Let's say you can come to America the way you're coming. We're not going to ask you to pass the Rio Grande. That shouldn't happen, you know. Uh, well, we'll bring you across the land, uh, but here's the deal. We're going to have a corn maze set up. And if you make it through the corn maze, you're in. Really? Well, yeah, but you're going to have this corn maze, you know, Brad. You're going to have the ultimate corn maze, one that's really going to be hard to make it through. So they're just going to turn back in frustration and say, I'm done with this. I can't do this. I can't make it. Yeah. You know, have a corn maze at the southern border. (laughs) A giant corn maze. Well, that's no, better than I've no. seen some of these oh. yay who is putting gators in the uh, in the Rio Grande. <laughs> well, aren't there already? Well, that would probably work. Are alligators in there? Are they native to the Rio Grande? No, no, they're not. Okay. Uh-uh. 
right. Uh, it's fresh sure. water, and there's oh. most of them are uh, saltwater oh. creatures. But you would think there's other things, other piranhas in there, or crazy snakes. Um, I don't think there's <laughs> don't piranhas think unless somebody has in. No, I don't think know, there is. Induced them into it, but. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, law enforcement and uh, that. Uh, so the solution, your solution, is to create a giant corn maze. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with some deterrence here. You know, make it one that's just don't tell anybody. But there's really no outlet. You just walk through this maze, but you really can't make it in. We won't tell them. Okay, listen up, Kenny. We need a little lightheartedness at this point. Oh, that's not lighthearted so was, enough for you. Well, it is. Yes, okay. it is. <laughs> Probably better than my jokes, but uh, yeah. But I have some jokes. I was oh. thinking. I was thinking this morning as I was getting ready to do the show. What am I gonna? What kind of jokes am I gonna do on this kind of day with so much news that's out there that isn't really funny? Then I thought, okay. So yesterday I was in the dentist chair, and he was. Uh, it was not fun. I mean, he removed two teeth that were, uh, you know, where I could hear him breaking the teeth in oh, my mouth. You know, I've been you, there. you know how that goes. You, you get the. Yeah. Oh no, I don't like that. I don't either. I didn't like it at all. And he was very good about, you know, putting all the the shots that I needed so that I couldn't feel anything and moving my jaw so I couldn't hardly tell that he was giving me a shot. Yeah. It was very good. But I didn't like the the other stuff. So I, I thought, well, let's have some dentist jokes today. Dentist jokes? There's got to be some jokes. dentist jokes. Yeah. Well, if you got them, let's hear them. I do. Okay. So so what did the judge say to the dentist? I don't know. What did he say? Do you swear to pull the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Your Honor, I do. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Okay, how about this one? Knock knock. Who's there? Dish. Dish who? Dish how I talk since I lost my teeth. <laughs> you sounded rather funny. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Okay, uh, so uh, let's see. I got to make sure I get some good ones here, otherwise you're gonna. Oh, okay. This one's okay. Yeah. What? What did you do before you became a dentist? The dentist says, I was in the Army. The patient, what did you do in the Army? I was a drill sergeant. Oh, that was pretty good. Too. Do you ever okay, miss your so drill well, sergeant from time to time and think, you know... Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Don't no. you ever think back to those fond memories of him getting in your face and pointing that finger at you and giving you that mm. scowl? You never miss mm. that and think, I wonder what he's up no. to today. I wonder no, how he's doing. No, oh. no I've often <laughs> thought that... Uh, I, just, I, 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 I met a guy when, when, when I was living down in Florida... I belonged to the Marine Corps League down there, and, and I met a guy that was actually a drill instructor in the Marine Corps. And he was he's actually a pretty decent guy, but I could tell that he had that mm, that thing about him, <laughs> that he was a drill instructor. Are they kind of like all-star wrestlers where they kind of put on the shtick for a them little when the cameras bit. are on? A, and then they yeah, go in their private bit. barracks and start laughing and smoking cigars with the other drill sergeants. Did you see well, that I one asked private? Him. Oh, my God, I, I had him in tears. <laughs> I asked him that. I said His name was Joe. And I said, Joe, uh, 
what, do you guys ever get together and compare notes about he said all the time Brad <laughs> every every night when we'd go into the duty hut at the end of the day we would get together and we would tell stories about the most bizarre or the most ruthless <laughs> thing we did to a recruit that day the deep dark secrets of the drill sergeants oh yeah yeah. Wow. Sometime sometime when we're not on the air, Kenny, I'll tell you oh. the worst experience I ever had with a drill instructor because oh. it's got a it's it's got some things Is that it I don't want to talk about on the air. Yeah, but oh. I think it's kind of R-rated. Okay. Yeah. It has Anyway, how about okay. this? Let's see. Let's do one or two more and then we'll take this first break. Oh, we uh, got CBS News. Yeah. Oh, that's right. How how did the dentist become a brain surgeon? I have no idea. His drill slipped. <laughs> oh, that's oh, oh, that's, that's terrible. That poor person. I know. Oh god. What did the what will the dentist give you for a dollar? What? Buck teeth. <laughs> one buck? A dollar? Just one buck, buck tooth? <laughs> Just one How buck How many tooth. bucks do you want? Give me a give me a full <laughs> mouth's full. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, I got one more like that, Kenny, and then we'll go to the CBS News. All right. Hmm. It would it would appear that you have... that This is a dentist talking to his patient. His patient happens to be a hockey player. Hmm. It would appear that you have nice, even teeth. The hockey player, thanks, Doc. The dentist says, unfortunately, it's because tooth number one, three, and five are missing. <laughs> Oh, those hockey players. Anyway, we'll go to CBS News. KDAL time is 1241. Let's go 1242 and 2 1. There it is, Brad. 1242, 27 degrees at the National Weather Service. Yeah, we're going to have very mild temps today into next week. Uh, very light winds along with that, so it's going to be relatively mild, dare I say warm. But, Brad, that doesn't mean Justin from AirServe is somebody that you should uh, forget about or ignore. Uh-uh. No. Not ex- not at all. In fact, uh, maybe that's the time when you really want to sit down with Justin. Hi, Justin. Hey, my friend. How are you? I'm actually uh, doing much better today than I thought I would be well, doing after well, spending time at the dentist yesterday. Oh, goodness. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll make a promise to all of your listeners that any visit from me at their house is going to be memorable. There you go. I like okay. that. Absolutely going to make an impression on you when you go. And, and of course, now I just had a phone conversation this morning with somebody that I visited with this past April, somebody who lives in the East Hillside, and they were looking at getting a multi-zone ductless mini-split. That means we're going to have one box outside that's powering multiple boxes on the inside of the house. And it was a great conversation to have with the customer. We have a $2,000 federal income tax credit to offer on that tax credit qualified system. But then the big kicker was... nice is he has Minnesota Power, and the Minnesota Power rebate on that air source heat pump, they used to have two different kinds of rebates. They would give you a $1,000 rebate, the big one, if you heated your home primarily with electricity. So people with electric baseboards, electric boilers, if you were heating your home with a fossil fuel source and got a low-temp air source heat pump, they would give you a $400 rebate. Well, they've changed that rebate program, Brad, and now everybody is doing a low-temp Ducted or ductless mini split will qualify for the $1,000 rebate, regardless Whoa. of what type of heating system or fuel source they already have. That's a nice little bonus, isn't it? 
It is. So, Brad, very rarely does it pay to wait or to procrastinate, but when you have these rebate programs and other things out there, you know, the rules change from time to time, and sometimes it changes in a more advantageous and lucrative fashion. Absolutely, and this really helped that person out, I'll bet, huh? Absolutely, and that extra temp, Bryant preferred multi-zone ductless mini split that we're doing, we still have 60% of the heating BTU output on that machine down all the way to an ambient temperature of minus 22 outside. So when we're talking about a cold climate air source heat pump, we are talking about cold. Yeah, really cold. But you're, you're still getting the effectiveness out of the heat system. That's, that's wonderful. Of course, Absolutely. it's Bryant. And, and Brad, and Brad Nobody a would... lot of these customers that we're putting these systems in for, they have boiler systems in the house, so they don't have ductwork. They're looking oh. to subsidize some of their heat needs that they have with something that maybe is a little bit more cost-effective and maybe a little bit cleaner and better for the environment. But now, Brad, we can't forget about the cooling side of that ductless mini-split. We are also putting in a cooling system at the same time that the house doesn't currently have. So you're getting a two-for-one on that package. Well, uh, Justin, explain to me just real quickly, because uh, I'm a little confused with this. If they have a baseboard boiler system, and you're going to put in a ductless mini split. How are, you, how are they going to get the air conditioning and the heat into the different rooms? How do well, they so, transport it? Absolutely. So, so what you have is you have the placement of a head, what we call a high wall mount head. That's that rectangular box that goes up on the wall. And so we position that head in the right location at the right height with the right amount of capacity. So we give the customer a guarantee that we can heat and cool that space within which the system is located very, very adequately. And so we want to keep heating and cooling in mind at the same time while we're doing these systems here. We don't want people to think about just heat or just cooling. We're, We're doing both. And so sizing and placement of those units is going to be considered across both functional aspects of that piece of equipment. Okay, that that makes reasonable sense to me. Well, let let's do this. Um, we've got people listening this morning or this afternoon, I should say, and some of them may want to give you a call and get you to come out to their home and talk to them about their different uh, systems available. How do they do that, Justin? What's the simplest way to get you out to the home, other than yelling out the car window as you go by saying, Hey, Justin, over here. (laughs) Well, Brad, if your listeners are looking for a memorable visit from somebody from the HVAC industry, telephone number to make it happen, 218-879-SERV, S-E-R-V, and our website is airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. Now, one last thing. When you say memorable visit, you don't ever wear that crazy hat that you you bought at our rummage sale, do you, when you go to well, these house? <laughs> you know, I, I still got my frisky hat. I, I do have it. Yeah, okay. I, I just, okay. I, it's just not a part of my standard air serve uniform, so I can only wear my frisky hat when it's appropriate to do so. But I kept it. Okay. I Good. kept it, and Good. I love it. I look at that. I have it sitting right here on my desk, Brad, and I look at that, and I think of you and Kathy every time I peek at it. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, have a good weekend. All right. We'll thank, be, you, uh, thank you, sir. Justin from AirServe, great, great guy to get you uh, thinking in the right direction about your air and heating. Uh, Kenny, we've got to take our Minnesota news break. 
KDAL time is 1252, 29 degrees in Canal Park. Winds are light out of the northeast. Uh, let's go up to the Iron Range. Let's go to Eveleth. We'll get an update uh, from the uh, Eveleth, Virginia Municipal Airport. There it is, 30 degrees overcast, and winds are out of the south at 7. And Brad, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this weekend is the... Uh, Loon Lake Community Center, do they have their Luskyinen uh, festival going on, or has there been some changes there? I don't oh, know. I'll have to look into that. Where's Kelly? She's going to have to yeah. check in with us and give us an update on that. It could, you know, it seems like it is this weekend. First first weekend of February, isn't it? Yeah, they do have, uh, they did put the sleds in uh, for the sledding hill, but I know it's been relatively mild so uh, I don't know. We'll have to try to find that. I'm online, but I'm not seeing anything. You're talking about relatively mild. What was it the other day, two days ago? International Falls was 44 degrees. Well, we were setting records. Everyone set records. Uh, yesterday, Eau Claire set a record again yesterday, 49. Now, that tied a record. Green Bay, uh, 46. That was a record. Minneapolis oh. yesterday, not a record, but 50 yesterday in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's just been very, very, very nice weather. Well, look, uh, I want to get this out before we run out of time in hour number two here, because I, I looked at some polling figures, and I talked at, uh, at the beginning of the show today about the differences in cash on hand to support, uh, you know, elections. The Democrats have a whole lot more money on hand to support Democratic candidates than do the Republicans. But there are issues out there, too. And and it's rather interesting to look at this report out of, again, Minnesota Take this morning, uh, all things Minnesota. And it talks, it said uh, the poll was taken because they expect that there will be referendums and that this, this year the election will be a referendum on the DFL's historic 2023 legislative session. When I say historic, $17.5 billion surplus blown away, just given, just sent down the road on programs and things. And so so KSTP did a poll with mixed reception to their new laws that the DFL have put in place. For example, increase in state spending. We have a huge increase. We spent the entire surplus but then we also increased spending substantially in the state of Minnesota. How do people feel about that? Well, this poll that KSTP did found out that 40% of people think there was too much spending. 40%, too much. 26% said it was about right, and 11% said it was not enough. So those were really died in the heart, died in the wool Democrats. 40% too much spending, 26%, about right, 11%, not enough. Gas and sales tax increases, and you're going to start to see them in the state of Minnesota. In fact, Minnesota is going to rank right up there next to California and some of the other highest gas tax states. So how do Minnesotans feel about that? 55% think it's too much, the gas and sales tax, too much. 27% thought it was about right. 6% not enough. So there again, that's pretty positive numbers. Tax rebate size. 
Here we go. 58% said it was not enough. 22% said it was about the right amount. 7% thought 260 bucks was too much. Too much of you to get your own money back to that big number. No, that's about what I figured it would come out. But then we get into these issues. Paid family and medical leave. This will show you the liberalism of this state. 61% of people support paid family and medical leave. 20% are against it. 18% are unsure. Legal cannabis. 65% support it. Smoke them if you got them. 26% are against it. 8% are unsure. This one... Uh, when I first read it, blew me away, but I, the more I thought about it, it makes sense. Free school meals. Remember? Breakfast and lunch. Free. Anybody. 72% of Minnesotans support it. 21% are against it. 7% unsure. When I thought about it, though, everybody's for free lunch, aren't they? If somebody walked up to you on the street and said, hey, would you like a free lunch here? I got a, I got a certificate here. You can just take it down to Sammy's Pizza or wherever. Get a free lunch. Everybody wants a free lunch, but it's not free. Somebody's going to have to pay for it. And we've already found out in the state of Minnesota that we uh, that the cost of that free breakfast and lunch is substantially higher than the DFL trifecta told us about in the beginning. So... Uh, that's the latest out of the polling numbers from Minnesota Take. Well, folks, we're almost done with uh, our number two here, but we've got a lot left to come, and including taps at the end. Bradley, and, and I, yes, sir. I just got a message from got? Grandma's Old Fashioned Bubbles. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, I see you came to turn this. Lesky Einan is still on uh, Saturday. And is it? It is Saturday. Saturday okay. and Sunday. The 86th Annual Loon Lake Community Center, Palo, Minnesota. Uh, things uh, are going to happen, and I'm looking forward to it. They're going to have the shop, the finished bakery, uh, the breads, and what have you, the museum, the finished stew, Moyoka, Moyaka. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry, I'm not Moy- finished. Moyaka. 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 <laughs> the finished stew is going to be their old goody. Um, can't wait. Looking for now. That's Saturday. The finish stew okay. is Saturday. Sunday is the pea soup dinner, which I've had also. Ooh, Very good. Yes, that's really good. Yeah. So uh, my thank wife you. doesn't like pea soup. I love it. She makes yeah. it for me. So. Now I'm getting uh, notes here. Am I getting notes? Uh, it, it's it's all good to go. It's on. Uh, looks like the slide is going to be operational. So there you okay. go, Brad. And you can buy some uh, Grandma's Bubble Soap, right? Oh, yeah. She's there. You betcha. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we'll be, we'll be coming back shortly with our number three. When we come back, I got some local issues to uh, continue on to talk about, but there's some real national issues out there, too. So stay tuned. Get some coffee. We'll be back. We'll be back.